Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fresh Off the Set. I'm Alora Murray. And I'm Sarah Jenkins. And we, as always, are so excited to talk to you today. Sarah, today, this interview, I interviewed Wonder Woman, and I don't use that <laughs> word lightly. Um, I interviewed Jeanette Bennett, who is the editor-in-chief at Bennett Communications. And I was able to meet her when I was in the Fab 40 issue of the Utah Valley Magazine. I remember that. That was so amazing. Such an honor for you and such a cool experience, I'm sure. Oh, it was so much fun. And some people think Fab 40 is, you know, 40 under 40. It's not. Fab 40 is all ages, all over Utah and what Utah Valley Magazine does for this issue, um, Jeanette um, picks people that, you know, we had artists, we had singers, we had entrepreneurs, we had people who were doing great things in the community, we had authors, we had Broadway producers, um, just 40 people in Utah that she really wants to highlight. And it was such an honor to meet the people I did and to look at them and be like, oh my word, I'm on the page next to you. You're doing (laughs) super amazing things. And then while I was there, I was able to talk to Jeanette and she is just someone who is so extraordinary. And I thought to myself, we absolutely need to get her on the podcast. She was so fun to talk to. And I think She's just done so many things, and you actually have more information um, about her. Yes, she she's fascinating. Both of you guys are accomplished women, so that was such a great honor. Um, but Jeanette, she earned her bachelor's and master's degrees in journalism from BYU. Um, she was at one point named top woman entrepreneur in media, um, and she's also a popular MC. She's a podcast host. She's done TV and radio, and she was also a candidate for Utah Senate in 2020. She is currently the founder and editor-in-chief of Bennett Communications, which publishes Utah Valley Magazine, Business Q Magazine, Utah Valley Bride Magazine, and more. And Jeanette and her husband, they he's also her business partner. They have five children. They live in Utah Valley. Just fascinating woman. She really is awesome. And she talks about all of that in our podcast. She talks about how she balances it all because we, I say this sometimes to people when they're really busy and I was looking at Jeanette and I honestly was asking Jeanette, when do you sleep? Like, <laughs> truly, seriously, when are you getting any sleep? And she laughed about it. She talked, like I said, in the interview, she talks a little bit more about that and how she decided to become an entrepreneur, how she found su- success in it. So, I mean, what do you say we listen to her? Let's take a listen. <laughs> All right, I am honestly in the room with Utah royalty. I am here with Jeanette Bennett, who is the founder and CEO of Utah Valley Magazine, entrepreneur extraordinaire, and a mom, all-around fantastic person. Jeanette, thanks so much for coming in. You're too good to me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. This is awesome. Well, we have been wanting to have you on our podcast for a while because we are like, who is someone in Utah that everyone knows that has done so much good for our community that has left their mark and it is definitely you Jeanette. Oh well I'm honored it'll be fun to be here we've written about you that was was one of our highlights of the year. It was that was so much fun very very fun being in that episode so let's start right at the beginning how did the birth of your business come to be? So I grew up in Idaho Falls just as a little girl that dreamt of being a journalist like Uh people other people play store or Uh play school like I played journalist and so I really kind of saw journalism in my future it was just always what I wanted to do but I didn't really see myself starting something I Uh thought I would write about business perhaps my high school job was at a tv station in Idaho Falls and uh, and so I just kept pursuing that and earned my bachelor's and master's in that then I became a mom 
Uh-huh. And all of a sudden I was like, ooh, my worlds are colliding. Like, what do I do? I want to be a mom. <laughs> I want to have a career. And that's when I became an entrepreneur. I honestly didn't see it coming until that moment. Really? Yeah. Because oftentimes people, when they're entrepreneurs, they're like, oh, I've had it, always had it in my mind that mm-hmm. I wanted to do this. But really for you, it was just kind of like, here the it is. The journalism was always in my mind, but it wasn't uh-huh. until I was a mom and I was like, how can I play this Tetris game of life and fit things in? And entrepreneurism was like a light bulb moment in that in that time where I was like, you know what? If I started <laughs> something, I could work from home, set my own hours. I mean, the world is a different place now than it was then where there Uh is work at home opportunities now for people. But at the time, that really wasn't a thing. Technology wasn't there and the culture wasn't there. And so entrepreneurism was my way of of creating a hybrid situation for myself. So that was like the initial motivation. And then I had all the love for journalism and and news in different formats. And so I had that, but the, the entrepreneurism thing was a bit of a surprise. I love it. Well, we're grateful that you went for that surprise because you you create absolutely beautiful content. Your husband is an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, so we both studied journalism, so we Mm -hmm. had that in common. In fact, we were on the high school newspaper staff together. Uh We didn't date in high school, but we knew each other. Uh His dad was our teacher. And uh, and then we both graduated in journalism. And then when I became a mom and was like, I've got to figure out some way to use my education, but also hopefully, you know, be the kind of mom I want to be, then, um, you know, I quit my jobs first Uh and then when we got off the ground he quit his job and and we started you know multiple little things along the way and it's just been a riot it's been a ride so what was the first publication you started with well the very first was a newsletter we don't do anymore called scholastic news service we won't even bore you with that (laughs) but it was like a little project for high school journalism teachers yeah and I learned a ton we learned about bulk mail uh, permits and sales tax and like how to get a business bank account and then Utah Valley Magazine started in 2000 so a little over 20 two years ago. So for those who don't know, how many magazines do you publish right now? So in a year, we do about 25 to 30 magazines. Uh-huh. But the, the main three we own are Utah Valley Magazine, Business Q Magazine, and Utah Valley Bride. And then we publish a lot of other things in partnership with uh, entities such as the Prada Homes all mm-hmm. around Utah. Uh, we do a lot of Chamber of Commerce magazines, network marketing magazines. We do BYU-Idaho's alumni magazine. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so if you picked up a magazine in this area, you probably published it. <laughs> we, we, we grew up around farms because we're from Idaho, and we like to say we grow pages. We, our farm is words and pages. <laughs> I love that. And yeah. words are just so powerful. And the words that you guys publish are so beautiful. Honestly, I'm married now, but I still pick up the Bride magazine all the time. Oh, merely I love that. to look at it. <laughs> yeah, we're really proud of that project because not just because that we produce it. We're proud of our work, but it showcases the work of the wedding industry in Utah, which is phenomenal. Oh, it's huge. It's phenomenal. We get a lot of uh, followers from the L.A. area that uh-huh. are keeping their eye on Utah. That's one there of our main go. markets that are watching our, our social media and, and purchasing our, our print publication. So, yeah, the wedding industry is phenomenal, and we get to be um, – you know, a microphone for that and a venue for them to show their great work. And it is just a thrill. Oh, I love it. Like I said, that magazine, I pick it up all the time and I'm like, what are brides doing now? Even though I'm not a bride anymore, I have to know. I mean, the trends change. And so that's been fun to watch. So, and all of your magazines are so unique. They're so incredible. They tell stories so well. How do you stay so creative and innovative? How do you keep that going? You know, people often think the ideas are the hard part and that's actually not. 
I mean, I, we have a list a mile long, whiteboards filled with ideas, Google yeah. Docs with ideas, and we never get to it all. Because Utah is phenomenal, as you know. I mean, we're oh. both in this storytelling business, and we'll never run out of stories. It's just, it's just so fun to uncover those stories, introduce people to our readers that they haven't heard of, and, and then introduce them to deeper stories of people they do know. Mm-hmm. You know, famous people, there's, there's more to their story than you already know. So that's been, that's been a blast. As far as, like, themes, because we're always trying to theme things and uh-huh. have new ways. I mean, it's a team effort, you know, but honestly, like, life is, is similar. Planning a five-year-old's birthday party is similar to planning a magazine. You're looking for themes. You're looking for a color to tie it through. You're looking for a surprise. You made that sound a lot easier than it actually is. Because if I were in your shoes, I would be overwhelmed with everything that you're doing and you have to do. Well, I mean, it's a juggling act. And over the years, I've gotten really involved in the community. And so a lot of my time is related to the magazine indirectly by being part of different great organizations and things. But all of that fuels my creativity because the more people I meet and I see, oh, that's how that restaurant is doing their branding. Okay. Like all the ideas tend to translate and percolate in my mind. And then, you know, we have a good system of interns and employees and and we brainstorm and we pull together. I love it. And honestly, I have seen you more out at community events than I've seen you doing things with the magazine. You're all over the place. And and my husband would agree with you. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing today? Well, this event, this event, this event. So we live in a world full of content between Mm -hmm. social media to so many things. How do you stand out in this world where there just seems to be so much content? Right. It's noisy. It's noisy. And, uh, Yeah, we're consuming more content than ever before, Uh, and it is overwhelming. You know, one thing that I feel like I've been blessed with somehow is I don't have a very competitive mindset. So I'm not really worried about, like, how do I outpace, you know, another magazine or the newspaper or social media. I'm just like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I've always been just... A little off. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> just like, a little. I, I wouldn't use that well, word. I don't, I don't take cues from people around me. I guess uh-huh. I should say that. Like in just like even just clothes I wear, decisions I make. It's just kind of like whatever I am drawn to and feel like it makes sense for what's happening. So as far as standing out, I think our biggest thing is we tell people stories. We like as many faces as possible in the magazine. Um, people want to be seen. Going back to how noisy the world is. I think pe- there's a lot of loneliness, too. There's a lot of oh, noise, but a lot I of loneliness. absolutely agree. And a lot of people who don't feel seen, mm-hmm. who don't feel like they matter. And so when we can get lots of faces in the magazine and on our social media and the events we do, I feel like we've brightened that person's day, and there's a ripple effect there, and they feel, they feel good, they feel seen, and that makes me feel amazing. And also one of the things that I love about what we do is people who should know each other, but don't Uh a lot of times they meet each other at one of our events or our photo shoots, or they see someone in the magazine they should know, and then they can reach out and connect. And that just makes me giddy to when I hear that people became friends or did a business deal or something because of something the magazine or our accompanying events did. I think that's amazing. I absolutely can attest to that because when I was on set for um, the Fab 40, the people that I was there with, we follow each other on Instagram now. Yeah, and see, we I love totally that. chat. We mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have met them. I probably should have known some mm-hmm. of them because, you. I mean, Utah isn't that big. It's pretty big. But bumping into them, I was like, I was given this opportunity to meet new friends. Right. It widens your circle. I love it. And and so that just lights me up (laughs) that just makes me so happy so that's also why I get so involved in the community I've been the chair of Utah Philanthropy Day uh, the past number of years we just had our event last week and it's so cool 
to see. That's mostly for nonprofits, volunteers, okay. donors, and people who should know each other and hear each other's stories get to do that in that setting. Oh, and it's it's just really full of joy. So that's why I say, like, I don't take really my cues from how do I stand out? Yeah. How do I, like, make money? It's more like what would be awesome? And, what would be awesome? And what would make people feel amazing? And in turn, you know, people who feel confident, feel loved, feel seen, they become community builders. You know, they, they look for ways to give and love and serve. And so I hope there's a ripple effect from Jeez. what we've done. So. I always say ripples make waves. I don't know where Ooh, I, I like heard that. I yeah. don't know where I heard it from originally. Someone had to have said it, but I say it all the time. And that is what you're doing. I mean, I want to be you when I grow up. So. <laughs> oh, aim higher. <laughs> so for people who are hearing your story, who are hearing this, what advice would you give to someone who is like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I want to go after this. I want to follow what I'm passionate about and do my own thing. What would you say to them? So entrepreneurism is a great field and it's not for everybody, right? There's, yeah. there's things it doesn't offer. It doesn't offer predictability, security, um, those two main things, I guess. But it does offer excitement, um, creativity, and a lot of lessons learned. And so I would say, you know, there, speaking of content, there's a million great podcasts and people to follow, people who are willing to mentor, where you can just follow and get inside their minds and see what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I would definitely start doing that. And then when you have an idea percolating, just start talking about it. Like, even if you're not done, you know, even if it's not ready to go, just wherever you are, when people are like, how are you? Like, fit it in somehow, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm doing awesome. I'm thinking a lot about starting a salon, actually, or whatever it is, yeah. you know? And what you'll find is, you know, nine out of ten people will be like, cool, and they won't, nothing will happen. But one out of ten will be, huh, my sister-in-law just did that. You should give her a call. Or I'm actually looking to invest in something. Like, it's amazing how if you just open your mouth, connections start happening. I think that's, that is great advice because I think lots of times people I've bumped into who have thought about the entrepreneur thing, they don't feel, they're like, oh, I can't start because I'm not ready. I don't have all my ducks in a row, but totally. you're saying just go for it. Just go for it. You'll figure it out along the way. Um, time will go by and you don't want time to pass you by. You don't want 10 years to pass by with you being like, well, the website's not perfect. Just jump in. Nobody's perfect and no one's expecting you to be perfect. <laughs> just get some, get some days behind you. Take steps forward. You know, whatever that might be, getting your social media channels going, getting your product going, whatever it is, just just like take a step every day and open your mouth. Don't be afraid and don't say things like, well, I'm just thinking about writing a book. You own it. You're like, I am writing a book. I love it. I always say don't use the word just. I meet Mm -hmm. lots of guests and people Mm -hmm. every day. And sometimes they say to me, oh, I'm just so-and-so or Mm -hmm. I just did this. And I always say, take that just out. Totally. You are owning this. Yeah, own your story. I love everything storytelling. I mean, that's my favorite part of what I do. I mean, the business side is fine, you know, and selling ads and all that's fine. But like storytelling is where the true joy is. So own your story and tell your story. Everyone has a story Mm -hmm. and everyone's story is worth telling. Absolutely. And stories have a lot of chapters. So some of our chapters will be difficult. Some of them might feel like a step back. Um, But all of those chapters add up to who you are. My favorite people to interview are, I mean, I, I like to interview teenagers and young adults, but honestly, the better people to interview have a few decades of experience mm-hmm. because they're able to look back and see the lessons in the ups and downs, see lessons in beauty and heartbreak. And those are the stories that really fill my soul. So we're talking about all the people you've met, all the interviews you've done. Is there one particular person or interview that has just stood out a lot like during your career? 
You know, it's it's been 23 years with the magazine, and before that, you know, I was at the Deseret News and other places, and so it's a lot to, like, my life is flashing before my <laughs> eyes right now with this question. But, like, the first one that came to mind was Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. So he's passed away now, but I had the true honor of being in his home a couple of different times, once for the interview, another time for the photo, actually another, you know, multiple times, and really seeing into the mind of this genius and seeing his goodness. And he had a two-story tall library with books, of course, but like quotes inscribed and, and scriptures, but other thoughts. And I was so inspired seeing his space and seeing, wow, when you create a space where you can think, you can thrive. So oh, we built a new home a couple of years ago, and I built a library. It's nothing like his, but it's inspired by his. Like, I, I wanted to have that feeling in the room of there are books here, there's knowledge, I can think. And he was just, you know, a phenomenal person and, and one of Utah's really legends. So I was honored to do that. I also interviewed Larry King. Uh-huh. He's also passed away now. But that one was the, I was the most nervous for because, I mean, he does I was going to say. He's like the world's most famous. <laughs> You're probably thinking, is he judging me? Is he? Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, is, he, is my line of questioning <laughs> appropriate? And You mean like me talking to you and stumbling over the word <laughs> entrepreneur like three hey, times? it's a hard word. And it's hard to spell, too, you know. So it's all good. But he treated me. One, the one thing I remember about him, he had had Hillary Clinton on his show the night before we spoke, uh-huh. the night before we had our interview, and he treated me the same way he treated her, with interest, humor, time, not looking at his watch or, like, judging me in any way. It was just very comfortable and respectful. And so I walked away from that thing. He, that's why he's so good, is because he can make everybody feel like, I am with you, I'm looking in your eyes, and I care about only you in this moment. So that was a fun lesson to learn, and I respect him a lot. But honestly, you know, so many, all the interviews, honestly, I learned something. You know, people who are pursuing their passions and figuring out life, I learned from them. You know, and so it's it's a privilege. Just this morning I had uh, a long interview with the gentleman who started the medical school in Provo. Mm-hmm. And, and also, anyway, he's, he's done a lot of things. And just the visionary. And he said every morning, he his wife will say to him, what year do you, are you living in right now? Because he always looks forward. Like, oh, interesting. What, I'm in 2026 right now. And what can I create, you know, toward the future of 2026? So, I mean, the interview this morning, I was like, wow, that's an interesting way to think. So all of these interviews throughout my career have really blessed me. I lo- well, I knew it was going to be really hard to pick a favorite. It's like picking your favorite I know, child. It's you impossible. just can't do it. <laughs> it's impossible. So you had to choose one of them. Your magazine has been so successful. We've seen it grow. All these people you've been talking to, what do you think the future holds? Mm. That's another hard one. I know. So I would <laughs> bet on Utah every day of the week. We have all the elements of just having the whole world look to us because we're solving problems in really beautiful ways. I also really love how in Utah there's this feeling of camaraderie. So it's like Silicon Slopes, for example, all these tech companies that compete for talent, that compete for Mm -hmm. dollars, that compete in a lot of ways, they come together to create this unity in our state. And I see that in the nonprofit world, which I, you know, I just saw that with Utah Philanthropy Day last week. I see that in government. You know, I, 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 I mean, that's a hard one to say because government is very divisive. Uh-huh. But you see pockets of things happening in Utah where there are people coming together saying, let's find common ground. Um, so what do I see in the future? I see Utah continuing to uh, catch the attention of the entire country and world because we truly are solving problems. I, I don't think we sit around and go, someone should solve this problem. Oh, no. We think to ourselves, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I see a problem. 
I want to, I want to solve it. I think that's why there's so many entrepreneurs here. Mm -hmm. So many businesses that pop up all the time. And we've had entrepreneurs come in here and we've talked to them and they've all said something similar to you is that Utah is so great because there's so much support. Absolutely. This is a great place to be an entrepreneur. It's a great place to raise kids. I mean, I'm, I didn't, I wasn't born here. I didn't grow up here, Mm -hmm. but this is home and I'm so proud of this state. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a place of collaboration, whatever you want to do. If you want to be an author, an artist, an entrepreneur, a tech developer, there are people here who will mentor you and help you along the way. And it's just a beautiful thing. It is. And I mean, it's a beautiful place. I mean, physically, right, you look outside. I know, it's and amazing. It's stunning. <laughs> so you, we've talked about this, and I'm sure everyone at home is listening and is thinking what I asked you earlier before we started the interview. When do you sleep? <laughs> How do you balance I everything? slept eight hours last night. Good for you, Jeanette. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to check on you and make sure you get that. How do you balance it all? Because you have your family, you have mm-hmm. your business, and then you need me time. How do you do all of it? You know, it is a little crazy, but somehow it just gets done, and some things don't get done. You know, I have a counter in my kitchen that is full of piles I need to go through (laughs) over Thanksgiving. Don't we all? I'm glad that you have that because I'm like, is there anything that is wrong with Jeanette? Oh, oh my my goodness. Oh, I could list list the ways. Um, Yeah, I I, I was just telling someone this morning, I feel like I only have time to make messes, not clean them up. It's like my car, my desk, you know, that kitchen counter, all of it is like, there's just stuff because I'm in the middle of 20 things all the time. Um, You know, I don't... There, there are things I don't get to do. Sometimes when I'm driving out of my neighborhood and I see a group of women just kind of walking slowly, enjoying themselves, I think I don't really get to do that. I've chosen to, like, not mm-hmm. be able to do that on a weekday morning, you know. And uh, and it looks lovely. But, like, my, my life and path that I chose is a little more hectic, a little more scheduled. And But I chose that. And, and I think that's a lot of what we have to accept in life is we chose it. So sometimes when I feel, like, overwhelmed and I'll be busy, you know, my husband will remind me, like, well, you kind of like it like this, though, right? Like <laughs> You like being I mean, busy. You, you agreed to sit on this board that's now taking all your time or whatever. And it's true. And I've created, honestly, you know, the life that I want to lead. But sometimes it is it is a lot. I live by my calendar. Um, life honestly does, I said this earlier, but does feel like a game of Tetris. Like, yeah. sometimes I'm arriving at things late or leaving early, but at least I got to go. I got to say hi to uh-huh. that person. And, you know, I have great kids. They're I only have two at home now, but, um, you know, they're probably more independent than most because we, on Sunday night, we plan out the week as a family and a lot of it just, you know, relies on them. They, they need to keep track of their stuff and, you know, I drive them there as much as possible, but like they're in charge of a lot of their life. You know, you, I'm not going to find your library book. You find your library book. (laughs) Well, I can attest to you having great kids because I did a show with your daughter, Haley, and she is absolutely amazing. She's a testament to you. So I can attest for those listening. She does have great kids. I do love her. And she works at the magazine now, too. She graduated in public relations, and it's so fun to work with the next generation. And she has a different skill set than I do, and I value her opinion. And actually, on Friday night, she and I got to emcee the lighting of Riverwoods uh-huh. at the Shaw Riverwoods. We haven't done something like that together. I She's a performer, it. and I kind of do this business MC thing, but we came together for that night, and it was a blast. I love that. Okay, so we are almost out of time. I want to know, so we talked about your favorite interviews, some of the most interesting people you've met as your business has grown as you've been doing all this what has been your favorite moment through all of these it can be an interview someone you met your favorite moment that you were like I'm going to remember this always yes. I mean there are many but I'll tell you the first one that came to mind so two years ago September 
2020, was our 20th anniversary of uh-huh. Utah Valley Magazine. First one came out September 2000, when Haley was a baby, uh-huh. the, the, my daughter we just talked about. And 2020 was the year of, like, everything being upside down, right? Like, oh, that was... There was nothing normal about that year in my life. Nothing normal. So I had anticipated, I had been looking to that year and thinking, for our 20th anniversary of the magazine, I'm going to throw a huge community party, have some of our past cover stories come and perform, like yeah. Donny Osmond, maybe Neon Trees, whatever. Like, have it be this huge party, have all of our giant covers around. Mm-hmm. And that's what I envisioned. And then 2020... Uh, obviously, you know, those big events weren't happening. Also, I went through a cancer journey that year. So, like, everything was just so un- unpredictable. And I decided that, so I had my surgery uh, September 2nd, 2020, uh-huh. two weeks later. I, instead of hosting a huge community event, I hosted an event for everyone who'd ever worked for us to tell them thank you. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when you face a health struggle and you face a pandemic, you realize you can't take anything for granted. Mm-hmm. Next year's not a guarantee. Nothing's a guarantee. And so that moment of having the whole team that had been with, with us, some for short times, some for long times, but just anyone who had been on the staff during those 20 years and being able to say thank you and celebrate what we had done, that was what came to mind as my favorite moment of just like, you guys, we made a difference. And I want you to know, like, I couldn't have done it without you. This isn't me. This is, this is all of us. And that was, that was a pretty cool thing, to have seen the people that we got to employ and work side by side with, you know, for all those years. I think that's so beautiful. Jeanette, it has been so much fun interviewing you today. And those who listen, they know that at the end of every interview, we do something called the Fresh Five, where okay. I just ask you five random questions that I, I don't ask you beforehand. Okay, so yeah, you just I'm have excited. To, you I have know? to think on my feet here. Okay, okay, so this is the first one. This is one of my favorite ones I ask is, if you could live in any movie, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with my first thought, right? Yeah. Like, okay, Castaway is... Really? Is because, like, I am so drawn to the beach uh-huh. and the stillness of the water and, like, just the thoughts and feelings I have about the beach. I mean, I don't want to be stranded on an island, <laughs> but I would take three days by myself. I love it. That one really shocked me. I thought it was going to be something like really busy or something like oh, that. No, see, it's the opposite. Like I would actually want to be where it's still because I, I don't get that okay. a lot. All right. Okay. Number yeah. two, how do you start your morning? What is the first thing you do every morning? I do the wordle. Really? <laughs> Usually under my covers. Um, <laughs> I'm a word person, and I, you know, anyway, that's the a little game on the New York Times website, if you don't know, and you're guessing this five-letter word. That's, like, the first thing I do. Um, I go to the gym some mornings, mm-hmm. um, so it's thinking through that, and then, like, envisioning my day, uh-huh. you know, and some meditation, prayer reading time, but um, I just am in the dark, just kind of thinking through every piece of the day, like... And sometimes it's like, what outfit would work for these following five events? Oh, I... <laughs> Do you understand? Is, what is the first yeah. things I think of in, in the morning? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I had this interview and I'll be sitting here on the set. And then yep. after that, I have this where I need to take a picture, which uh-huh. of, which outfit works. And then that. I'll be outside for an hour and then I'm going to have to walk a mile, you know, so... See, I get you. <laughs> I get you. So obviously, mm-hmm. you're big with words. This is going to be another hard question. What is your favorite quote? Huh. Okay, the first one that came to mind, I have it hanging in my garage, is God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. I really believe in miracles. And I see that, um, I mean, that, that's a, like a religious quote, but also just in business, it's, you know, if you have a vision and can connect to like your higher power and your vision for your life and your company, like thing, unlikely things happen. 
So I, I just believe in miracles and, and whatever that means to you. I absolutely agree. I think that's beautiful. I was yeah. like, I knew you'd have a good quote. You're a, you're a wordsmith, if, I, <laughs> if I'm trying to think of a, another word besides journalist. The other phrase I say a lot to my kids and to myself is, my actions are evidence of what I want. So but what I mean by that is like, you know, I might say, I, I want to get in shape and I want to run a half marathon. But if my actions mm-hmm. actually don't support that at all, mm-hmm. then my actions really aren't, you know, my actions are evidence of what I really want. So if I don't get up and run or exercise or eat right, then what I really want is not the half marathon in three oh, months. Okay. And I've been on all sides of that equation. You oh. know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm good at that, but like I have to acknowledge and take accountability for when my actions don't line up with mm-hmm. what I say. The true evidence is what your actions are, not what you say. I love it. Okay, this next one, I mean, I think it's a fun one. Some people, it really stumps. So if you were walking the red carpet for an event, Mm -hmm. would you, what would it be? Would it be the Oscars? Would it be the Tonys? Would it be the Nobel Prize? Would it be the Grammys? And all those things, which one would you want to walk? Well, first of all, my first thought is, what would I wear? <laughs> See, that's <laughs> I why want I, a fabulous gown. That's why I always go Oscars, because their style, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's very glitzy. I can do that. I'm not creative enough for the Grammys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Oscars, too, like, people people fascinate me. I've yeah. always been an observer of people, uh-huh. and I've interviewed a lot of people. So the people watching there would be phenomenal. Right. You know? It's one of the reasons I love Disneyland. I could people watch all day. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and, so, and people who come across as really confident on screen and stuff, they're not always like that mm-hmm. in real life and when they're not reading a script yeah. and so I would just find that fascinating so I'd probably choose that plus my kids would be super impressed so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're already impressed okay this last one pretty easy if you had to eat the same meal for the rest of your life mm. what would it be so I'm from Idaho so I'm gonna say steak and potatoes you know what simple and delicious I you know I know there's red meats controversial or whatever but I think it's good for you and I think a good steak is hard to beat so I would say that, but the, what I eat most of in reality is protein shakes. <laughs> I'm the same thing, a protein shake or a protein bar, because uh-huh. you can take them with yeah, you. so fast, so easy. They go in your bag, they go in your uh-huh. car. Well, Jeanette, it has been an absolute joy talking to you today. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And for all of those listening, thank you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and we will catch you next time. Congrats, you made it to the end. If you want to continue to freshen up your day, you can watch us on Fresh Living every weekday on CBS Channel 2 in Utah at 1 o'clock. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel, KUTV Fresh Living, and follow us on social media. We will see you next week.